Coming up, a sad night in Boston. That's next. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you've ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Make this summer the best one yet. Invest in a Simply Safe home security system. I have one. I love it. It's a great way to protect your home when you're not there. Um, you need one, especially during the summer. You know what burglars know? People go away during the summer. That's what happens. So when you're away, you want to make sure your place is protected. You want to make sure that you potentially have little camera things you can watch on your phone to see what, what's happening at your house, at your front door, inside. You deserve some peace of mind. Get it today with Simply Safe. Right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where we put up a new Prestige TV podcast. We covered Succession, the series finale. Me and Sean Fantasy did it. Stay on that feed for the next couple of days because Van Lathan and Joanne Robinson are going to have a deep dive podcast as well. We also covered it on the ringer.com and on The Watch. Coming up on this podcast, taping this right after Game 7. I'm in Boston with my dad. I wish we had a sadder Pearl Jam song to play, but whatever. Here we go. All right, it is 11, 12 Eastern time. I'm here with my dad, who's just a shell of himself. <laughs> I, I feel like Jalen Brown. Well, you, you're more like Tatum, because you fell two days ago, well, and you have a big bruise on the side of your body. You played hurt in game seven. We went to the game, and uh, it did not turn out the way we thought. There was a lot of 2004 Red Sox in the air. Um, and I want to talk about all the Boston stuff in a second, but goddamn, that Miami team was tough. They beat us three times. In Boston. And by the way, my dad and I are going to talk like fans. Don't I'm not Bill the media member for this podcast. I'm Bill the guy who's been going to Celtic games since the mid-70s. This is my dad's 50th year with season tickets. This was your 18th game seven in Boston, plus yeah. one in LA that we might have lost. No, in this is my 19th game seven in Boston and one in LA. Right. So that that's 20. Anyway, yeah. um, we were feeling good. There were 2004 Red Sox vibes. And Tatum twists his ankle in the first play, and it just felt like the game went to shit almost immediately. It, you know, uh, he had a nice move first play of the game when soaring in, got fouled, and came limping out of that mess and was never the same. I mean, he only took 13 shots, I think. Yeah. He, he was a shell of himself. You could see it, especially on defense. He couldn't guard anybody. In the second half, we could see it there in a... Uh times when the cameras were on, like during the commercials and stuff, watching him walk. And he just kept looking. It was weird because before the game, the team had such a vibe to them. They did. And he was walking around like the, like chest out. Yeah. Couldn't have been happier. Um, so fired up to play. And within a second, he just looked like he was injured. I mean, I have to say, I was looking forward to like a 35 point 
Knight from Tatum. He had that vibe, as you said. And uh, it wasn't just that, though. Miami had a great game plan. Yeah, let's talk about Miami first, then we'll do the Boston stuff. Because Miami, so much credit, so much kudos, uh, so impressed by them to lose three in a row, to lose that Derek White game that I think would have broken just about anybody. You could see in the pregame warmups, they seemed pretty focused. Right, they, they came out at halftime. We watched Jimmy Butler practice the same three-pointer for like five straight minutes. They come out of halftime, they run a play, and he takes the three-pointer in the exact same spot. Exact same spot, uh, swish. Uh, you know, we got it down to seven a couple times, and each time we did that, Miami had a great play set up, and somebody got open, and usually it was a three-point shot. You, and usually it was by Caleb Barton. Uh, you know, you were, I asked you about Martin because I didn't know very much about him. He killed us. He was tremendous. He averaged nine points a game during the season, I, don't, I think. I don't get it. I, I don't. Maybe he certainly is not going to be averaging nine points a game next year. Well, we were texting a lot during the, uh, during the whole series, and your text went from, what's up with this Caleb Barton guy, to... <laughs> Oh, I'm starting to hate this Caleb Barton too. That by the time we got to today, you're like, "What's going on with this Caleb Barton guy again?" He well, was incredible in this game. He hit a, every time we made a run. Again, we got it down to seven, eight, yeah. seven. He made the big shot, and you know he didn't look nervous at all. He it was right in rhythm. I have to I have to really give Miami credit again though. They their offense flowed the entire night. Yeah, I mean they they looked for the open man. They didn't take any crazy shots. You know, we play hero three ball the entire game. Miami doesn't do that. They wait for a patient shot, move the ball around. You know, Adebayo, you could probably say, didn't have a very good game if you look at the box score. He was tremendous. Setting those picks, you know, you and I were talking in the walk home. Guys would be floating around him. He'd wait until the right guy got open, make the right pass. Then there'd be a second pass, swish. Uh, he was, I just think that team played a smart game and we looked like chickens with our heads cut off. We were running around. We had no flow. Uh, we're hero basketball and we've seen it before. This is, uh, again, kudos to Miami, but boy, we had a terrible game plan. Well, you think the two ways the Celtics team stood out was the three point shooting. There was if they shot 40%, they won. Right. Well, in the two halves in game six and then the first half of game seven, they were 11 for 56 from three, which is you basically can't do worse. And then the other thing was the defense. And they really figured out something at the top of the key with Bam that they had all series and they just got better and better at it. And these guys just using him on screens, going backwards, popping off. Right. And eventually somebody on the Celtics would just kind of lose concentration for a split second. And that would be the play where all of a sudden they're shooting a three. That, that's a good way of putting it. The first five or six minutes, you and I commented to each other that we were really playing tight at the three-point line. Right, and, trying to take it away. And they were 0 for 3. I mean, that's a small sample, but they looked a little bit out of sorts in terms of shooting threes. They took a timeout. And then we got tired, I guess, or we got lazy, or we didn't make that extra push to go out and guard the guy. And uh, suddenly those threes were flowing. Also, looking up and seeing 0 for 11 for the Celtics shooting threes, I mean, you're not going to win a game shooting like that, obviously. No, it, was, it turned into a rock fight. And then all of a sudden, Miami shots started going in. 
and I was taking notes on my phone during like little timeouts and stuff, but it was at one point it was 38 to 25 in uh, with seven minutes left in the second quarter. We were 10 for 31, two for 15 from three and Miami was six for 12. Scored two two straight field goals. Spo immediately timeout. He just would never let the Celtics get any sort of flow. But the reality is, Butler and Caleb Martin were better than Jalen and Tatum in well, this game. Certainly, and yeah. arguably for the series, probably a slight edge with the way Martin played. Martin was, I mean, you look at uh, where he ended up. Do you want to hear this or, or maybe not? Well, I think he had 26 points unless he scored after we Well, he walked. played 45 minutes tonight. Okay. And was guarding everybody on one end. And then on, on the offensive end, patience. Like, if you just watch this one series and you were, like, ranked the wings in this series, like, Jalen Brown obviously would have been fourth because he was terrible. We'll talk about that later. But uh, Martin went from this bench guy to this guy who basically they couldn't take him out of the game. For the series, he was 19 a game. He shot 60%. He shot 49% from three. Um, over they, and over again, you said it when we were walking home, it was like every time they got it to seven, he'd make a shot. Yeah. Every time there was a little bit of run, he'd make a shot. You think we could trade Brown for Martin and we give <laughs> Martin the $50 million? <laughs> I mean, he looked deserving of that $50 million. Yeah, that was pretty tough. Um, we've, we've been to a lot of these over the years. Um, and not just game sevens, but big games that were especially like deflating where, Walking in, yeah, the energy of the crowd was unbelievable. It was a great. It felt energy, like the yeah. roof was going to come great, off. Great crowd. The crowd was basically in their seats 25, 30 minutes before the game. They're running two thousand four Red Sox stuff. They're running the white play. People explode. White comes out. He's just people are just cheering for him right. when he's on the court, and um, and you just couldn't ask for a better crowd. And then within six minutes, the crowd was dead. But it reminded there was pieces of these different bad Celtic playoff losses, like. Like when LeBron in 2012 in Game Six when right. when he killed us, um, with that 2009 Game Seven against Orlando was another one. 2005 against Indiana that was another Game Seven where they just sucked right away, couldn't get it going. Um, the 2018 Cavs game where the, the Celts were a little closer, but it was very similar where there's just a lid on the basket. It was, they couldn't get yeah. over the hump. Even the the man in front of us, uh, Mike, he commented, "This reminds him." Of that Cleveland game. The Terry Rozier game. We, we couldn't hit a three in that game. Yeah. Um, but I, this game was different, though. You know, you come back from 0-3, the crowd was really in it to start this game. And I think there was an optimism that wasn't necessarily in some of the other games you mentioned. And as soon as Tatum got hurt, uh, and you saw him limping off the court, and then Miami went on a little run. Well, he, first he got hurt, and then the, all of a sudden the Celtics were in their late fourth quarter offense of walking it up. Yeah, We had no pace. We weren't getting any fast break stuff. And you could feel Butler starting to assert control of the game a little bit early. And all of a sudden they had a lead. I think it was 15-13. But we were watching Tatum going, uh-oh. Well, one, and when they got the lead up to seven or eight, they took the crowd out of the game. Yeah. Um, Tatum came out with four minutes left in the first quarter. I think... Probably more, six minutes. Yeah, so, or yeah. six minutes, something like that. Yeah. He was sitting on the bench by himself and his body language was awful. As yeah. the unofficial body language doctor, I was watching and I was like, oh man, this is not good. Right. Well, I, I don't know if you noticed, but each time there was a timeout or, or the, the players went to the bench and they got up to start play again, somebody had to take his hand to help him get out of, out yeah. of the seat. 
Yeah, and he was he had the adrenaline going the first half, but in the second half, he mm -hmm. couldn't the heat realized he couldn't go side to side anymore. Right. So they started trying to isolate him a little bit. You know, all of that is that that's certainly a major factor. But the other major factor is everybody in that building, walking into that building, knew Miami was gonna play zone. Right. Now, has this have the Celtics ever practiced against the zone? Yeah, I mean, it was so weird. Like they had Horford on the foul line, but he didn't really want to shoot. And it almost seemed like if you're going to play zone like this, almost play, I guess Tatum was hurt, but even just play Tatum at the center spot and just so he could be at the foul line, put somebody who's a scorer at the foul line. There were some really weird subs. Like they, they threw up Brogdon and Brogdon was, I think a minus 15 in like five minutes, but you could see he's, his first shot almost killed the ball boy. Yeah, it did. And uh, so we knew that was a bad sign. His second shot was a missed layup. Yeah. And uh, he just didn't look right. He said after the game, I saw, I quickly checked Twitter. He said, we just played tight. Yeah. I think that was part of it, but I, I thought Miami played with incredible purpose. They mm. knew who they were. They knew who their six, seven guys were. Even Lowry, who was dog shit the whole series. He had some good moments. And he, he did. He had some good playmaking moments, too. Yeah, and, and he was, you know, the, the Celts were just so sloppy. The turnovers. Mm -hmm. Russell and I talked uh, in yesterday's pod about there's turnovers and then there's those unforced error turnovers like th that are like the double faults in tennis. Yeah. Or like somebody in a sand sand trap just hitting it out over the green on you the mean, other side. You mean like every time Jalen Brown dribbles? Yeah, it was, it was tough. <laughs> I got to say, I hadn't been to a playoff game this year. There was a lot of grumbling in the stands with Jalen and Smart, even when the game was close, yeah. where when those guys are on fast breaks and it doesn't work out, you can eat the, the crowd is almost like Little League parrots. Like, come on, Well, it was, what there, are we doing? There was that guy over my right, our right shoulder screaming, take Brown out, take Brown out. Yeah. Now- this is a guy that is potentially going to get $50 million a year from the Celtics. And you have a fan screaming, take Brown out. That, he, you know, that kind of told us a lot about, he was awful. He was terrible. He was awful. And, and Hench texted me this, that when Kareem got hurt in game six of 1980 and Magic stepped up for Kareem, mm -hmm. that that was like a 10 out of 10 on the, I'm stepping up for my injured teammate scale. And he's like, was Jalen a one? Was he a one and a half? <laughs> what happened to him in that game? For the series, Jalen was 56 for 134 shooting, 42%. He was seven for 43 from three. No, oh, that's great. He had 25 turnovers. He took 133 points on 130, or he scored 133 points on 134 shots. Yeah. And a lot of the turnovers were bad. And the thing is like, and we'll talk about Jalen after the break, but we like Jalen. We, we want... You know, we thought we had something here with the Tatum Brown combo, but yeah. now this is 2017, 18, 20, 22, 23, where they've fallen apart in these big games offensively, where it just doesn't seem like anybody can well, create you, a basket. You and I are walking in, we're saying, you know, Saturday they were seven for 35 on the three. Now, it's everybody knows this team is built around the three point shot. Yeah. For better or for worse. And all the stats are out there, how well we play when we hit 40% of our threes. And there's no way in the world I thought we could shoot worse than we did Saturday night. We were worse than Saturday night. Nine for 42. Oh. So in two games, it was 16 for 77. Let's, yeah. uh, let's take a break and we'll keep going. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. We are going to do a big finals boost. 
I will tweet it out probably on Wednesday. Stay tuned for that. Very excited. I've, I hit three boosts in a row and then uh, barely lost the last one, but we'll see if we can get a little series boost or a game one boost. I don't know what's going to be yet. FanDuel has great promotions every day on a safe and secure app that pays you instantly when you win. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash BS. Get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is FanDuel.com slash BS. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. You must be 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as nominal travel bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling prom call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, or Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342, Arizona. 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 800-327-5050 or... Visit mahelpline.org slash problem gambling in Massachusetts. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 800-522-4700 Wyoming or 1800gambler.net in West Virginia. This episode is supported by State Farm. If you've ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Summer is all about fun vacations, but I know that being away from home can be stressful. So many things can happen. That's why I like to recommend Simply Safe, award-winning security that can help give you peace of mind when you're away. The only thing you should worry about while you're on vacation is having too much fun. Having my home, it's great. Couldn't work better. I think Simply Safe is the best because it comes with a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, sensors to detect break ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24 7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. It's given me, my family, many others real peace of mind. I'm waiting to have it too. Try it out. A 60 day money back guarantee. No contracts right now. Get 20% off any Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash BS. That is simply safe with two eyes, simplysafe.com slash BS. There's no safe like simply safe. So we talked about the threes right before we went to the break. I think one criticism I had with this team, and I, I do think it was coaching staff related. We haven't talked about Joe yet, but no. um, I think this, this team and the organization was very analytics based. And I think they really wanted this team to shoot a lot of threes, which is great. But you watch a game like this where the threes can go sideways. This happened in Houston in 2018. This happened in the Celtics in 2018 where there's no plan B. I, I, my biggest frustration today, I felt like they had, you know, they they belatedly discovered Derek White was able to just get into the paint and beat Gabe Vincent off the dribble and or beat mismatches. And the Heat actually aren't great at guarding point guards. 
and they didn't really go to that till game seven. Marcus, it felt like every time they posted him up, he either got himself a really nice shot against Vincent or Struz, or he was able to pass out of a double team. They never did that. And it was just again and again, it was them dribbling up 25, 27 feet, them setting one pick, and then somebody trying to beat somebody off a dribble or barrel into the paint. This is what we watched last year against the Warriors. Right. So why why hasn't this team, and you're going, you've had, this is your 50th year with season tickets. You've been going all year. How does this team, how did this team not improve from an IQ standpoint on that specific thing? Well, it's a really good question. And I guess at some point we have to talk about coaching and making adjustments during a game. But I, I go back to the point I made right before the break. They knew Miami was going to be in a zone. Yeah. You set up your offense to beat the zone. You don't continue to take 23-foot, 25-foot, three-point shots. Jalen Brown, how many times did he come down, dribble a couple of dribbles past half court and throw up a three-point shot? That wasn't going to go in. There's not, so there's no movement of the ball. He had two free throws and nine threes. Yeah. And eight, eight turnovers. I mean— And five I, personal fouls, which he had at least three offensive fouls. I just go back to the, uh, the coaching setting up for the game. You know Miami's going to play zone. You knew, that, you knew they weren't going to play Zeller. You knew they were going to play Highsmith. You knew right. they were probably going to go smaller. You knew they were going to play Martin and Bam and Butler a ton of minutes. So, like you said, and it's particularly once Tatum got hurt, put him at, put him at the foul line. Ha right. have, have him be the fulcrum for passing the ball in and out, in and out. Don't take threes that are contested with 20 seconds left on the clock. Uh, but they never adjusted. And well, they, they also, they weren't afraid of a bunch of our shooters. Oh, Miami, one, yeah. over and over again, they could clear out a whole side of the floor because they could put three guys on the other side. You could really see it in person. Yeah. And when we had like Grant Williams out there or Horford, they were just leaving those guys alone. They right. never wanted to give us a side of the court. Yeah, Grant, they said Grant's elbow is hurting. He can't make the three that he used to make. Horford lost his legs. That was kind of obvious. He played yeah, a lot he of played minutes. Yeah, too many minutes. Yeah, too many minutes. Well, and also he was coaching the team. You you were telling me this was happening. I didn't really fully realize it. They call timeouts and Horford sits in the coach's chair and coaches for like two minutes as Joe's with his four assistant coaches that we that we found in store 24 a month ago. We don't understand what's I going on. I didn't recognize one of the assistant coaches. Did any of those guys play in the NBA? Who are they? I, I Who are those four guys? I couldn't tell you the name of any of them. But I mean, honestly, you could have been out there with a clipboard. It would have been like, all right, well, recognize him. But Al Horford's there coaching. And then sometimes Smart will come in and he's yeah. coaching. And then Joe comes back with like 20 seconds left in the timeout. And I'm not it's sure. It's like, here's my idea. I thought yeah. we could just dribble right into the zone again. <laughs> yeah, really? yeah. Uh, we're oh going to break that zone eventually, guys. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre to watch. I watched it all season, um, particularly in the playoffs, though. Well, you were the first person who jumped out on Joe. Because in, in around December, you're like, I don't really get it. He just chews gum and claps. And then at the All-Star break, he stopped chewing gum. And you were like, he stopped chewing gum, but He's still the clapping, clapping has continued. <laughs> yeah. I, again, we, we lived and we died by the three and never made adjustments to have any other kind of offense. And that's great when you're hitting 40% of your threes. You know, instead of 0 for 11, if we started 5 for 11, it would have been a different game. Yeah. But we haven't been shooting that well. So, and again, I, I don't be, want to be redundant, but you don't, 
Yeah, you prepare for the zone. You know it's coming. Yeah. Have a different offense. Move the ball around from the post out back to the post. And Rob Williams only played 14 minutes. I didn't even know 8. that. 8.6 rebounds. Grant Williams played more minutes than him. Yeah. Smart only played 35 minutes. He wasn't great, but uh, White was the best player in the team today. He was. And White came off. You know, it's been two days of Derek White talk and Celtics yeah. and Jay, you know, comparing to Joe Henderson and the Bird steals the ball. And I, everybody likes the guy so much. ESPN had a big feature about him today. Right. And um, he's a guy, like, he's a coveted guy around the league because he's just kind of a makes everybody better, doesn't take a lot of stuff off the table. And when he started kind of bringing them back in the third quarter, it was like, oh my God, if he, if he fucking brings them back, this yeah. would be like, this guy's going to be like a legend in Boston. What happens to that? great win now. I mean, they lose the series. Does that, that I, win just kind of goes sideways. I think it goes sideways. Um, it's like, almost like the Henderson home run. Yeah. goes sideways a little bit. Although at least the Henderson home run, we made the world series. I think he was one of the, I think at one point we had gotten it down to seven and I think he took a three point shot and unfortunately it didn't go in. Yeah. We can never get over. You always call it the yeah. hump that seven, seven, six, seven points felt like we just couldn't get we it. Couldn't closer. get over that hump. Um, there were a couple of strange offensive calls against us by the refs. Yeah, there's a couple of weird travels yeah. in opportune times. Yeah. Tatum um, got called for travel. I've never even seen him travel. But of course, Jalen Brown. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that. What what do we do with this? Because uh, I we probably watched the last Grant Williams Celtic game, I'm guessing, because the uh, this new salary cap we have, I just don't see how they're gonna be able to resign him. Yeah, I heard your podcast this morning and it doesn't sound like they can resign them. Or if they do, they're going to have to take a right. huge beating with the with the luxury. Unless tax. they do something different with Jalen Brown, or they, I guess maybe the other move is you could trade Brogdon, or there's the Jalen Brown trade. And then, you know, the Jalen Brown thing, the series was so bad for him. It, it really, like twenty years ago, and and it wasn't as bad as this, but when Antoine just got destroyed by Kenya Martin in that net series and it yeah. just, you came out of that series and you're like, is this guy, is this guy like, can he be the second best player in a title team? I'm not there. I'm not like at that rock bottom with Jalen, but this was, you know, he's 26 years old. He's been in the league since 2016 and, and he's basically the same player, but I don't think he's as good defensively as he used to be. I, I think and I don't he, think he prioritizes it I the same way had, either. He has lapses on defense for sure. Yeah. Um, the, the, I know it. People, we we laugh about it a little bit, but he can't dribble. Did the dribbling is how really can tough. you be a professional second team All NBA and you can't dribble? There's three teams in the league that when they just basically dive at the ground when he when he's dribbling to the basket, yeah. they just lurch down. And Golden State was the one that unlocked it. Miami does it to him. The Knicks were doing it to him a little bit. You know, There's only a couple of teams that that kind of see it, but he did, really did struggles. Did you say he had eight turnovers? Yeah. It it seemed to me they were all unforced. Yeah. Like we had a couple. He had at least three offensive fouls. Um, he took he took a couple bad threes. I really like Jalen Brown. I, yeah. I I think he had a weird season dating back to the KD trade rumors, which weren't his fault. Yeah. And uh, a couple weird interviews. There's been a lot of buzz around the league about. Um, you know, oh, he's not staying, like stuff like that, that you hear it enough. And I, I start wondering like, all right, there's got to be some some smoke here if this many well, people maybe, are talking about Well, maybe it's it. going to come out. I mean, we know that he injured his finger with 
some mysterious issue at home with a he cut his hand on a vase. Yes. But then in one of the games, he hurt his hand as well. And maybe that if it was his dribbling hand, his right well, hand. They, this is a good theory, except for the part he couldn't dribble last year either. <laughs> well, that is true. <laughs> but there was real, uh, the the crowd was pretty ornery at, yeah. after by like six, seven, eight turnovers because it was just like watching somebody do the same dumb thing right. over and over again. But, and I don't think he's a dumb player. Just he just uh, the crowd gets it's it's not only the turnovers; it's the lack of team play. Yeah, because he's standing out there trying to make a move all by himself. The four other Celtics are standing around. He makes his move, either dribbles off his foot, dribbles, or somebody steals the ball. But ultimately, you, you're you like pro-Jalen. I have been pro-Jalen. It's just when we're talking about now he's going to be a $45 million a year guy, that's when you you take a gulp because I, I think right. that, you, that that's a tough one. It changes the equation a little bit in terms of how you look at a player. I don't look at him as a forty-five to fifty million dollar a year player, but, and I I don't think either of us think of him as a second team All NBA guy. No. I mean, there, there was a bunch of injuries at the four position, right, right. but I think he's a great guy to have on your team, and I love yeah. the connection he has with Tatum. I, I just deep down, I just feel like this this there's a chance that was his last Celtic game, you know, because it, the Belichick move. We know what Belichick would do. Yeah, you. you I know we need to prevent ourselves from overreacting to the one game. You know, he's been a great Celtic. Um, well, so it was not the one game. I would say it was the one series. The series, I guess, yeah. Um, and he, and we don't know how hurt he was. But no, it's, I'm just looking forward. Like, yeah. if, you're, if you're paying him and Tatum, they can stagger it by a year, I guess, if they give him the extension this year and Tatum next year. But right. just where are you going if those are your two guys? And we, Rasil and I covered in the podcast we did Sunday how the NBA is moving toward this Hollywood system, basically, of you get right. your two stars in your poster, and then it's role players from that point on. And if you're going to pay that much money for somebody, it's you got to make sure they work. The bigger issue for me is is the, the Tatum, Smart, and Brown together as a threesome over and over again, 2018, that Tatum's a rookie that year and Jalen's like, you know, had barely getting his feet wet in the playoffs. 2020, last year and this year, all the series kind of ended for the same reasons because offensively, teams just solved us. Right. They really unlocked it. And it was just a lot of guys dribbling and people throwing around and people jacking up threes. And there wasn't an offense. Like I went to those Denver games against the Lakers and like anytime there was tension, um, anytime that the game was going a little sideways, the other team was making a run, Denver could just go back, called Jokic their little binky. They would just go grab their binky and it was mm -hmm. Jokic and he'd create a shot for somebody. Yeah. That's what the Celtics, if Tate, unless Tatum was feeling it, they just didn't have that guy. And they, and you know, now it's, this is three out of four years where they came really close to either being the finals or winning a title. And there was that one last piece they didn't have. Well, Miami we, had it today. We saw it all playoffs, though, and even at the end of the year, um, the way Missoula coached, he'd take Tatum out first, and then yeah. Brown Brown would be in charge of keeping the offense together. Inevitably, if we had a lead, we'd lose the lead. Yeah. If we didn't have the lead, we'd be down by more when he put Tatum back in there. So I never felt that Jalen Brown could carry the team if Tatum wasn't out there which troubles me in terms of 
is that the guy you're going to spend $50 million on? Um, I don't know. It's a really tough situation they're put in. I have to go back to coaching, though. This this coaching staff built this team around making the three point shot. Yeah, they they didn't they didn't have an offense that moved the ball inside for post plays, inside outside. It was really move the ball around the perimeter and take a shot. Yeah, um, and they didn't use Tatum and Smart like their ability to put their back to the basket really at all. Never. And you and I have talked about. I think Tatum is a great post player. Um, yeah, he's at least, I always judge it by how the other team reacts. And when they post him up, the other team reacts. Yeah. They'll send a second guy, like, they don't like it. Did you see him post it up once tonight? No, no, did not. Um, it was tough. Joe, it wasn't a great Joe game. I think Joe probably saved his job by coming back from the 3-0 would be my guess. I think if they got swept, especially after they rolled over in game three, I think that was a wrap. Um, I I'm think not, now you could talk yourself into, we'll I'm get him not, a better I'm not in the sure. system. I'm not sure if I agree with you. Um well, uh, I mean, and, all the coaches are getting hired right now. Yeah, I know. I think uh, I would have liked to have seen Nick Nurse uh, maybe be considered, uh, but he's gone now. He's he, going to Philly. He was pretending he was choosing between Philly and Phoenix, which right. were the which was the erroneous reporting. Phoenix already has their coach. They're going with Kevin Young. I'm not sure what the Celtics do now. Uh, you you have a coach. Are you talking about what are they doing with the coach or the team? Well, both. I think, you know, you have a couple decisions. You have more than a couple of decisions. You have Grant Williams' decision. You have the Jalen Brown huge money decision. You have the Joe Mazzola coaching decision. Um, you're right, though. I, I couldn't tell you the name of any of the other coaches out there. Uh, they never brought in... And Did I they have a contest where they added the two <laughs> assistant coaches? Like if you made a half-court shot, you got to be the fourth assistant coach? You know, I, I, I don't think Brad Stevens is blameless in this. I mean, oh, definitely not. He, he had opportunities to bring in a veteran coach to help Missoula or two veteran coaches to help Or Missoula. how about he helps Missoula? He's the coach. Yeah. Um, um, let's take a break and then we'll talk about uh, what do the Celtics do going forward and then what we think will happen with Nuggets Eat. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you've ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm. Is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game and they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right at first half of the first game. I don't know, West Coast time. That's usually about 5 o'clock, 5.30. Perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is brought to you by Honey Stinger. 
This is a show about sports and culture opinions. But right now, I want to talk sports facts, the data, the stats, Honey Stinger, sports nutrition, trusted by more than 1,500 pro and college teams. That's right, 1,500. That's all 32 pro football teams. That's 39 pro basketball teams, 29 pro baseball teams, and more that prepare, perform, and recover with the delicious taste of Honey Stinger's energy waffles, chews, gels, and bars. Honey Stinger is the one team's trust. Use code Simmons for 20% off your first order at honeystinger.com. That is S-I-M-M-O-N-S for 20% off your first order at honeystinger.com. All right, so let's do a rapid fire. Is Jalen Brown on the team next season? For $50 million a year, I don't think so. And I don't think he's taking a discount. Well, and here's the other thing. This is what happens with the NBA. If it's even in the water that Boston's like, whoa, that's a lot of money. Then you have, you have Houston, you have, uh, I don't know, anybody with cap space or you have a team like Atlanta that could trade some pieces back to the Celtics and they're floating through intermediaries like, hey man, we'd pay the 50 million. We think Jalen's amazing. He's, he's a mm-hmm. number one guy. Put him on our team. He'd be great. Or put him with Trey Young or put him, you know, we'll make him the focal point, him and Harden in Houston or wh- right. whatever it is. So this is like having a relationship with somebody that's not going that great. And then they go out to the bar with their friends and they're just getting hit on at the bar. And they're like, yeah, maybe I won't stay with Bob anymore. <laughs> All these guys think I'm great. And then I'm at my last game, I had eight turnovers and people were kind of booing me in the crowd. Maybe <laughs> yeah. I'll leave. Well, he might be feeling that way right now because I think he's a very bright young man. He certainly could hear the crowd. Um, well, especially because the crowd was barely audible except for, you know, one of the reasons I I had a bad feeling about the game, we sat down, usually this section's all Celtic fans, yeah. and the row behind us were these two obnoxious Heat fans who probably became Heat fans when LeBron joined the team in 2010. They didn't even know who Sam Hauser's name was. So I was like, oh, you guys are serious fans. Huh? Hauser's played in multiple games this guy. But these guys, anytime that happens, I'm a, I always think it's a bad sign. It was it was really annoying. Uh and obviously in the second half, they got louder and louder. Yeah, they got louder. And uh, Jimmy Butler was their guy. And I was kind of waiting for Fitzmurph or Sully to just come over I, and punch one of them in the face. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the Jalen thing. I, I mean, what do you think they do? I don't think he'll take a discount, like you said. Do you give him? I, f- I said this a week ago, and I still feel like it's a trade that makes a ton of sense. If, uh, if Scoot's going to be there at three. And Portland's picking three and they're going to keep Dame and they want to be good right away. Um, I think, I think there's a trade there somewhere yeah. that could make a ton of sense. You know, and they, Charlotte's the other one. Charlotte has two and maybe right. they want to put a veteran with LaMelo, right? They have money too. Well, the other problem that now is going to surface because we're, we're talking about it. And I'm sure we're going to be reading about it in the paper and certainly will be online. Jalen now is going to start hearing rumors. Yeah. And we know, we already know that affects them, but yeah. Listen, this shit comes with the territory. Yeah. And unfortunately, you, this is well, the transactional nature of basketball now where these guys move every year. And every time there can only be one winner, there can only be two finals teams. Every time a season doesn't turn out the way you think, everybody starts looking around and wondering, oh, you know, Golden State's really the only one that's kept it together. My, I've, I've always been in the never split up the Jays camp. The, when you made the second team on NBA, that was the first time I was like, this might not be realistic. 
Because it, if these it, are your two best guys making right. 100 million a year as wings, you can't then get outplayed by Butler and Caleb Barton in a series. Right. And these guys, Jalen Tatum, I still feel like has another level to go to, but I think Jalen is pretty much what he is at this point. He's a, he's a top 25 player. He's a 25-point-a-game scorer. I don't think he's as good defensively as he used to be. And we've seen multiple playoff teams really take him out of his game in a playoff series. Yeah, they do take him out of his game. His, his uh, regression in defense is puzzling because he was a really good defensive player. He has lapses. Um, yeah. And yeah, we're a team that it feels like uh, we would have just a lot of answers for Jimmy Butler and Caleb Martin. We have so much size and wings and right. really good defensive players. Smart's the other one that, you know, I just doesn't seem quite the same defensively. He had some nice moments in this Miami series, but I, I wouldn't say he was just taking people out. No, I wouldn't. Um, Certainly, what, I don't think he was the player this year that he was last year. No, and he might be hurt. That might be another one where yeah. it's like, it's almost like a hockey team where the hockey yeah. season ends and then you find out, oh, our goalie had a well, fractured we, pelvis. I mean, we saw Tatum get hurt tonight in the beginning. We saw, it looked like White pulled a hamstring in the fourth quarter. Yeah, the game was over. He went to point. the locker room. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure who would have had to play on Thursday night against Denver. Um, so if I gave you over, under one and a half, Grant comes back, Jalen comes back, and Missoula comes back. I don't, you, I don't think any of those three possibly come back. You think Missoula might go? Yeah. I, you I mean, were at a lot of games. I, I saw, I went to a lot of games, and the owner sat in that first row, three rows in front of us, watching the coaching and watching these games, watching how unprepared we were for the zone. Yeah. Um, well, how unprepared we were at every series. Yeah. Like Atlanta kind of figured out something against the Celts the last couple of games. And honestly, if Trey doesn't go cold in the second half of game six, that probably goes seven, which would have been crazy. And then Philly, also the home losses. I was just going to say that. This team's two, two games under 500 yeah. at home in the playoffs in the last two years. I mean, think about Miami beat us three games at home. Right. That, that's ridiculous. Six so, playoff losses. So you play all season to get a higher seed because home court matters. And we had a pretty good home record during the season. Yeah. But not in the games that mattered, obviously, in the playoffs. It's hard to figure. I mean, that we have a good crowd. That crowd was behind the team. Also it, hard to figure. Miami was an eight seed. Yeah. Miami was 17 and 24 on the road. Miami didn't have Tyler Hero, who was either their second or third best mm. player. I mean, I think the basketball insiders would say he's third, but I think from a scoring standpoint, it was their second best option. Terrific coach. Terrific coach and and some Ewing theory stuff with Tyler Hero, it felt like. Yeah. Where because he didn't play, now you got to play Gabe Vincent more. Now you got to play Duncan Robinson, who really hurt us. And you said Caleb Martin. And Caleb Barton. Average nine points a game. Uh, boy, that guy looked like an all-pro all the whole series. I didn't want to see the heat the whole year. People who listen to this podcast, I was like the boy who cried wolf. Then I had Mike Sher come on and he was even more crazy than I was. They were playing the, uh, so they, they played the two playing games, right? They play the Hawks. They lose to the Hawks by 11. Gabe Vincent's two for six in the game. Caleb Martin played 29 minutes. He was 0 for three. Well, Duncan Robinson got a DMP. And uh, and Struess was one for five. So that was their first playing game. Then they play the Bulls. 
And in that game, they were losing in the fourth quarter and came back, came roaring back and won. Adebayo was one for nine. Gabe Vincent was 0 for two. And Kate, and Caleb Martin was two for four yeah, I, in the playing game. And the Bulls could have knocked them out for us, and then we never would have had to worry about them again. But as his, as the series went along, he played in the Milwaukee series, he played 26.8 minutes. He played 28.3 in the Knicks series, and then he played 35.7 against us, yeah, cresting with 45 and 41 the last two games. And honestly, I thought he should have been MVP. Yeah. As good as Butler is, I thought Martin was their best player, yeah, you, their best two-way player. When we walked home, you asked me who I thought they were going to pick for the Larry Bird MVP. I thought it would be Martin, but they picked Butler. But, they but, picked Butler, but it was five. The vote was five to four, which I thought was interesting. Oh, I didn't. I yeah. didn't know that. I thought it should have been Martin. On the other hand, Jimmy Butler is terrifying. I There's mean, definitely a presence with him, especially when Tatum got hurt and Jalen yeah. wasn't playing well. And you could see Butler, even though he wasn't, it wasn't like he was going nuts, but he's carrying himself a certain way right. and attacking. And he's just felt very alpha. -y. And then Bam was the other one that uh, just seems like every time you felt like you're making a run, he would get some crazy offensive rebound or right. some I, sort of play. I, I, Jimmy Butler, he's one of those guys watching him. It seems like he can score anytime he really feels like scoring. Right. That he can get to the basket. He can overpower the defender. I mean. And he's the terrible three-point shooter who then somehow makes three-pointers yeah. when he actually needs to make he them. Made a, you think he they're made going a really in? big one tonight yeah. when we were making a run. But he made a couple of big ones. You know, you, you and I, when we w went to the game, we were talking about the terrible feelings you have when you have to walk out of the garden after a really bad loss. It was a terrible feeling walking out of that garden. But you think like the KG era ends basically in 2012 and then in 2013 officially they make the Nets trade. And then really going through 2016, they make the playoffs. But then 2017 through, this is a seven-year run yeah. where they had five of the seven years, you know, they were playing until the end of May at least. Um them compared to Miami, they made one finals, two Eastern Conference finals. Miami was two finals, one Eastern Conference final. Um, and they've been in the mix. But if you're Miami, um, it's it just feels a little more impressive because I don't feel like they had as much talent. And especially how they were finding right. these pieces. You know, this, that was another thing with the Celtics is as the white trade was great. Brogdon trade, I, I think, was good for the regular season, but they never were able to find that you know, the Gallinari injury, we were saying today during the game, this would have been like a perfect Gallinari game with yeah. Tatum hurt. Um, they always felt like they were a guy short. Now Miami felt like they were two guys short, right. but it didn't matter. Miami, on the other hand, has had a consistent front office and coaching staff. Yeah. And that makes a huge difference. I mean, we've had three coaches in two years, right? Right. Um, and so do you yeah, blame do you blame Ime for this? I I don't. It's hard not to, right? I I mean, at least for a piece of this, like they had such a good thing with him last year, and he just had an egregious error of judgment. Even though some of the facts haven't come out, like we know it was. I don't know. Not I, great. I, I, I don't know enough about the situation, except that what I liked about him as a coach was his stress on defense. And, and the accountability. And if somebody yeah, sucked, yeah. he would just yank them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So your predictions are, you think that was the last Jalen Brown game? 
unless she's willing to take less than the fifty million dollars, what uh, would Belichick do? He'd, he'd sell right now um, and get as many good pieces back as he can. Try to get some pieces to keep yeah. building around Tatum yeah. going forward. Yep. So the the reason not to do that is you feel like you got maybe one more year with Horford as a rotation guy. You're losing Grant Williams. Um, Tatum's going to be 26 next year. You have a specific championship window. And, then and, you, you, and you try to look at big picture that obviously Brogdon's going to probably have some surgery on his wrist. Yeah. I thought Brogdon was terrific all year. Uh, yeah, he's, that, he's that hurt. hurt them that he wasn't. I mean, he's hurt. He's yeah. six man of the year. That You don't become six man of the year because you played poorly. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. And we should have brought that up sooner than the 40 minute mark. One of the things that was great about them was if Tatum and Brown didn't have it, or they, it was a game like today where nobody was making threes, they would put Brogdon and White together and they would really push it. And they were great. And they would get fast break stuff right. and they would swing games. Yeah. And losing Brogdon definitely helped. But, you know, Miami didn't have heroes, so. Yeah, but, you know, you look at next year, trying to look big picture again. Um, Tatum's healthy. Brown's healthy. Um, Brogdon's healthy again. Gallinari's there. Gallinari's back. Got Uh, away for another year. The fear with Jalen is you give him the contract and then two months in, he's like, you know what, I actually don't want to be here. Because we've seen that happen before. Um, I think... What do you think is going to happen? I mean, I think the biggest mistake this team made was the KD stuff. I think putting it out there or or not denying it. I just think you come out and you say, we're not talking, we're not splitting up this team. We want to build around these two guys. Mm -hmm. If you read any trade rumor about Tatum or Brown, don't believe it. These are our guys. Mm -hmm. And they didn't do it. Yeah. And I thought, uh, you know, which makes me think they probably talked to the Nets a little bit about, uh, Durant, Jalen Brown, and the Nets leaked it immediately. Well, maybe that was a mistake. On the other hand, that didn't affect how poorly Jalen Brown played tonight. Right. Or, or, the, or you know, the other way, maybe they should have made the trade. Yeah, I guess. Look at it that I mean, way. I'm glad they did it. I wanted those guys to grow old together. And, I, and I, this I, week is the first week I feel like, wow, this probably isn't... Well, you, These you guys asked, aren't going to be teammates for their whole career. what I thought was going to happen because of the $50 million. I'd prefer to see him stay. I'd prefer to see everybody healthy next year. You throw Brogdon and Gallinari out there with this team. I think you can afford to play without Grant Williams. I just don't know if you can pay two players that much money in this era. Unless they're it's a it's Durant Booker. Yeah. And and we and you said in the beginning of the podcast, Butler and Caleb Martin were better than Tatum and Dude. Brown. Yeah. I mean for the whole series. The whole series. Now I'm depressed. Well, (laughs) here's why you wouldn't split them up. The Bucks. I don't know what happens with Chris Middleton this summer, but they're not going to be able to keep Brooke Lopez. They're going to be worse this year. The Sixers, Harden might be leaving. The Cavaliers, you know, they were a freaking mess in the playoffs. They might be two years away. The Knicks, they're still a star away. Brooklyn, who the hell knows? Atlanta, I don't trust them at all. Chicago. Toronto, Miami, Indiana, watch going down the line. It's like the well, West is way better than the East now. Let me ask you though, bring all those guys back. Do you want to see the same offense with the same head coach? No. I don't. I don't want to watch that again. I don't, I don't want an offense that's totally dependent on making three-point shots. That, that was never the Celtic way. And uh, it's boring to watch. It's, it's, as a fan... I hate that offense. I didn't feel the same 
attachment to this team from a, I think this team can win the title. I really believe in this team standpoint because of the threes yeah. and how haphazard the offense was. And anytime anybody was asking me, um, what I thought would happen with these guys. I'm like, I don't know, man. If, if we make threes and we play defense, we usually win. And I never know what's going to happen. But you don't, we don't say that about any other team. Right. I mean, right. Every other team has an offense that has, can make adjustments. It's not dependent on one type of basketball. Make the long three point shot. So where did this rank for most disappointing losses for you? Not in the top tier, because I think both of us no. had some questions. I had I, I'm yeah. already in the record. I thought Denver, I think Denver's going to wax either of these teams. I think they're going to beat Miami. Yeah, I, I probably would agree with you, but I still would have liked to have been in the finals again. Yeah. Um, it, it's always fun. The finals are a whole different beast. Um, I, really, I really thought we were going to win tonight, and I thought we had the momentum it I know they had the vibe in the crowd. Yeah. It was a very, very confident, happy crowd. I mean, you made a comment walking home. It it really is hard to beat a team four times in a row. Yeah, any but, team. Yeah, but it just seemed like we were going to do it tonight. Does Caleb Martin, I remember like the second year you had season tickets when we lost to the 75 Bullets, which is like the first playoff series I kind of vaguely remember. And they had this guy, Nick Witherspoon, that just lit us up. Remember? Yeah, you, yeah, you do have guys that have he great killed series us. and disappear. He killed us. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Tony was really good, so it wasn't shocking when he right. killed us. But he killed us to the point that they had to go and trade for Dennis Johnson to try to like solve the issue. We had that Indiana series when um, Chuck Person, that was like his one great moment when they almost beat us. Right. Um, there was in 2002 that Kerry Kittles and all those guys, like just, we couldn't keep those guys off. Ron Artest in 2010 hit that three. So there's guys over the years, Caleb Martin is going to end up on that, whatever list that is of, mm -hmm. I can't believe that fucking guy. I don't know. Is this the start of like an incredible career for him or was this the highlight? I don't know. It, you know, we, we haven't brought it up, but Miami is a crazy team. What do they have? Seven undrafted players out yeah, there? They have a chip on their shoulder. How, how do they keep confident. finding these people? Yeah. I mean, we had Struess in camp and we let him go. Yeah. Um, but. I All right. So we both think Denver beats Miami. Uh, I would think so. I mean. Do you think Heat culture has replaced Celtics culture? <laughs> I'm not sure. We've won what, one title since 1986. What, what, what is Celtic culture right now? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a three-point offense. It, you just brought something up. We haven't won a title in 15 years. Yeah. Um, that's a long time. The only thing I was against tonight was the game was going sideways. And in the second quarter, they had the Millar video they made, but we were down like 11. Mm. And it was like, a, why not us? And it was like, and the vibe had already shifted. And it was like, we got to let the 2004 Red Sox thing go. <laughs> like Tatum's hurt. Miami seems super confident. Like I, we're, we're good with the 04 comparisons. Yeah. I know we're, we're both going to be shaking our heads about the Tatum injury. Well, do you feel like the right team won? Because I kind of feel like Miami was the right team. And, I, I mean, you know, we got really lucky in game six with one of the craziest endings to a playoff game. I think when you lose three of your four home games to the opposing team. It probably wasn't your year. It probably wasn't your year to win. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand it, but. You were so excited for the spring with the Bruins. 
Bruins were the one seed. Now you have the Panthers and Miami in the in the finals. <laughs> well, two I, teams that you hate. You know, we did a podcast before the playoffs started, and you asked me if there was going to be a duck boat parade. Which team was I more confident about? You said the Bruins. I said the Bruins. Yeah, because the Celtic team has been so inconsistent shooting the threes. But uh, obviously, I was wrong on both teams. Well, um, now I guess we have Marcelo America promoted double A. <laughs> we have uh, we have a whole month of trade rumors with different people at the Celtics. Um, maybe they'll hire an assistant coach we've heard of. I'm going I'm to switch the Patriots. I think I can't watch Pats. The, I can't watch the, this uh, Red uh, Sox team. Maybe some double A baseball. Yeah. Um, all right, Dad. Well, I, I should have told the story at the top, but I had my finger over the purchase the ticket button during the last four minutes of Game Six. And then when White scored, I pressed the button and I was like, I got to come. I can't miss this. I also had kind of had to see second row Joe in person for yeah. myself instead of hearing your stories. But I want to see the vibe. I don't regret coming back, but uh, it's going to be a sad flight tomorrow. I'll tell you that much. Um, I'm, I'm glad you came back. I'm sorry that you have a, let's see, you got in at 430 today. Yeah. You're flying Fly out back in the morning. morning. It's, great. <laughs> it's a lot of flying to see a, a, a terrible game that we just saw. But at least somebody showed up tonight yeah. that cared about this. Yeah, you showed up. Yeah, I showed up. Yeah. I wish I wish it was me and Derek White. <laughs> I was glad to be sitting next to you again. It was fun. 50 years in the books. Yeah, 50 years. Um, all right. This podcast was produced by Kyle Creighton and Steve Cerruti. I'm going to be back either Wednesday or Thursday. Not sure which day for, uh, for the third podcast of the week. Dad, thanks. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.